0: The volume nice and loud. Because we are controlling transmission. Dawn Marie. You're in the mix with Lil Drummer Girl. With
1: your host,
0: Dawn Marie. In the mix.
1: Just a little bit of housekeeping before we begin. I'm not sure if you're a fan of Audible yet or not. But for those of you who love to read books as much as I do, I probably read about 65 to 80 books a year. And I don't really have the time to read, so if you're like me, then this is for you. You can now turn your car into a university, work out and learn, or just put around the house while getting inspired, learn new ways to make your business thrive, or a new skill that can help your personal life flourish. I have a special offer for you. If you go to www.littledrummergirl.com, that's L-A-L-Drummergirl.com, forward slash resources, in the middle of the page, there's a link for a free 30-day trial, plus two credits to two free book downloads, and that's at any price point. So even if you cancel the membership after 30 days, you get to keep the two books forever. So get started today for free. It'll change your life for the better forever. Go check it out. Hey you guys, welcome back to another episode of The Little Drummer Girl. Today we have special guest Victoria Canal. Not only is she 20 years old and beautiful, she is a super talented young lady. She started taking classical lessons at 6 years old with both piano and voice. When she turned 11, she discovered songwriting after listening to writers like John Mayer and Gavin DeGraw, And she decided she wanted to be a singer-songwriter when she grew up. Victoria moved around from Dubai to Barcelona. She decided to do online school instead of going to a brick-and-mortar school just to pursue her musical career. She was born without her right forearm due to amniotic band syndrome and she emphasizes that though it serves as a source of inspiration for people who might not traditionally become performers, people's focus should be on the music and the artistic craft. Canal is a supporter of organizations such as Serve, AIS, Oigo and she's raised over 10,000 meals for Serve International for People in Need. She's on tour with Michael Franti, and she's here with us tonight on the bus. So, without further ado, let's get Victoria's show on the air. Victoria, thank you so much for being here tonight. I'm so thrilled because when I first learned of your music, I was just in awe of oh, your you. performance, your vocals. <sighs> And, and just the fact that you're only 20 years old and you're so talented, I was oh, like, thank freaked you. out. Thank you, it's my pleasure. I saw that you started
0: playing at 6 years old, studying with your grandma. Mm-hmm. What inspired you? Well, who Actually, inspired you? Well, she did. My grandma, um, she, did. she she was a piano teacher for many, many years and uh, music was her life. She. Worked with children and played at church, and I always loved watching her play and seeing how music affected her and how she had amazing influence um, on those around her through playing keys. And Yeah, like ever since I was four years old, I was like, I want to be like her. Wow! You know? So I would sit on her lap and put my hand on like on top of her yeah. hand and like feel as she moved those you know her fingers according to the piece and be like, I'm playing right now. And, <laughs> That's awesome. and yeah, and uh, so that's it I, I just kind of spent every moment with her that I could to learn
1: so how long would you would you play for like
0: to practice like how long you practice sessions? oh man at first I was not a good a good student. <laughs> actually she never um, directly taught me like in a structured way because we we're both really hard-headed mm. so she showed me what it was and then I got another teacher um, and he didn't force me to practice and so like for the first few years I really I was a terrible student. I got uh, close to quitting piano a lot, like several times, but my mom always forced me to do it because she saw talent, I guess. And um, eventually, it was when it was on my own account that I started to practice more. Uh, But really, it's it's the only reason I've ever practiced is to kind of prove to myself that I could do whatever, like play whatever I wanted to play. Yeah. So how old were you when you got
1: your first gig? I saw you were like trying to book your own gigs at age 13, which I just floored over
0: that. Right. So I... With playing piano at school and uh, taking lessons at school, they, they force you to do recitals. And that prospect to me was like, oh, my gosh, playing in front of people. I, it was actually terrifying at first. And um, but then I feel like my parents are a little psychic because they always made me get up and sing in front of like family and friends at dinners. And um, and then forced me to like play three songs in a recital at school. They were always making me perform and because they knew I think that someday I would get over stage fright and like really enjoy it. So at first I, I kind of hated it and I would cry afterwards because oh, I was no. like, oh my god, it's so overwhelming. I just put myself <laughs> out there. And now I, I love it. I, there's nothing that comes more naturally to me, I feel.
1: you know? Do you still get stage fright? uh
0: uh-uh. no. 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 That's awesome. Well, actually, I, I'm so used to this tour with Michael Fronty that... Um, I've just gotten used to that, but next month, I'm opening for this artist, Emily King, at the Apollo Theater in New York. Oh, nice. And great I'm, theater. So, huh? That's a great theater. Yeah, yeah so I I feel like I'll get stage fright a little bit at that's the awesome. Apollo. That's yeah, awesome. I'll Did see you say there. L. King? Um, no, uh, Emily King. Emily King, El okay. L. King is really cool. As yeah, well. she's cool, yeah, too talking
1: about do you play any other instruments
0: i do uh so i played uh first trumpet in jazz band for many years wow and i play guitar a little bit i suck at guitar but i play (laughs) i play enough to write um and uh that's about it i'll I'll pick up a bass once in a while and and like fiddle around with instruments when i see them but mostly just for songwriting purposes not for chops you know
1: and you 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 got inspired by like you know uh, Sam Smith and uh, mm-hmm. Al Green, and songwriting. I mean, you started so young.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Are any of your original songs that you first started with are they in your your
0: repertoire now? No. <laughs> okay. No, those were so terrible, just- <laughs> terrible songs. Um, but you know what? I didn't have an agenda then, so I was I was just writing to write, and that was the best part. And and I'm really proud of like the improvement, and I think I still have so much to improve as a songwriter, you know. But um, just kind of documenting where I'm at, I usually only sing the songs that really relate to me now, you know, and... and those, I find that those songs are completely uninformed uh, compared to what I write now because I've lived so many more years. Like, I would talk about love when I was 11. (laughs) As if I had been in a, like, a 20-year relationship, you know what I mean? And I was 11 years old.
1: You know, they say you're older than your years. Uh, If you're mature, like, sometimes you can feel things just from watching other people. So, you know, you could have picked up stuff, you're only 11.
0: Yeah, one of the first songs I actually wrote was about, um, my Cuban grandparents. They, they, uh, had to leave Cuba in the sixties, in the early sixties, yeah. separately, and they didn't know if they were gonna find each other again. Wow! But their their bond and their love has lasted uh, several decades, and um, they just had their sixtieth anniversary. No, a couple years ago. Yeah, oh, that's so amazing. Yeah, so um, I I wrote the song called Together, and I'm and it was one mm-hmm. of my first YouTube videos, and it's all about. Uh, just how they're meant to be together, but I make it into my own love story. But I was like thirteen when oh my I read that. That's so cool! Yeah, I gotta yeah. look at that and
1: put that in the show notes as well. <laughs> um, but you've lived in so many places. Speaking of Cuba, I mean, you've lived in Dubai and and it's Shanghai and Tokyo. Mm-hmm. What would you say is your favorite place to live?
0: Um, do you, you know, it? I. What I find to be really special about moving, having moved around a lot and seen a lot of different places, is that people are resilient and incredible everywhere you go, if you find the right ones. And um, you know, there there's architecture and food and, and all this kind of thing that that defines a place, the culture. Um, and I could go on and on about Tokyo or about you know, New Zealand or um, you know, there there's so many fascinating places in the world, but. Above all, I've just found that wherever I've gone, there are always just really inspiring people who I've learned so much from.
1: It's true. Relationships are really, I mean, that's, I think, most of life's learning experiences are learning from other people. Yeah. And there's always something, there's always a lesson, Yeah. (laughs) whether it's good or bad, there's always a lesson lesson to learn. I also noticed in your bio that you actually studied school online rather than going to classroom. So how was that kind of transition? Like, was that really difficult to do that? Or was it? Because you have to be really disciplined, don't you? To just kind of I study do. online. do.
0: It was easy for me because I did not like. There were a couple of things that I didn't like about school, like a brick and mortar school. Number one, when you're 14 and you have a passion that takes up all your time and you see a vision for yourself, kind of like a crazy person, other kids don't really get they that. Don't get it. And so I had a really hard time socially at wow, school. Even funny. even though the kids that I really liked and who liked me, I, I I would make myself so busy that I couldn't see them and eventually they would kind of give up on trying, you right. know, because I was always like Nope. I've got a gig. Nope. I'm working. I'm working. I'm working. Like I've been a workaholic as long as I knew music was a thing. Um, and I love it, you know, but it is definitely isolating. So there was, uh, I moved around like a hundred times growing up. And one of those times was right after ninth grade. That's when I sat down with my parents and, uh, said, you know, I'm not thriving at school. I, I think it's a waste of time because the teachers are distracted the students don't want to learn um, people waste time they're skipping class like I want to live in gratitude you know and to be in a space where I felt um, I wasn't pushed to, to be grateful all the time but I was rather pushed down and, and sort of like suffocated by other students and the like I it just wasn't good for me. So um, I, I felt so much more free to do exactly what I wanted to do when I started online school. It's the best thing I ever did. Wow. It was very hard. Like the the year after we moved and I started online school, we went to Barcelona. And uh, my day basically looked like this. So I, en- I enrolled in a conservatory in Barcelona because I wanted to know more about theory and jazz piano. And um, I was 10, 12... Years younger than every other student. Wow. Because it was a university, and uh, and it was just by chance that I got in, I guess. But um, no, it's not by chance. It's because you're talented. That's okay. why. But uh, <laughs> so my day, speaking of discipline, started at five thirty six a.m. I would work on my high school stuff until eleven a.m. Take the metro into the city to classes. Have classes until six p.m. and then go out with uh, the students and see live music and kind of cut wow. my teeth in the music scene in Barcelona until 11 p.m., then head home and do it all it's over again. A, it's a long day. Yeah. It's a nice little day. How would you have time to study? <laughs> well, I had time to study from 6 to noon every morning. Yeah. So. That's, that's
1: still that's but a But th- think about
0: it, like, how much time we, we uh, spend getting to the classroom, sitting down in the classroom, like, let alone the drive to school. That's true. The time between classes, recess, like people starting late and like finishing early, like there's just so much time wasted True. and I wasn't wasting any of that time. I was okay. like one hour for this class, one hour for that class, one hour for this class. And it was just all boom, 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 boom. And you're you done. Know. Yeah. Right. Knock it out. I love that. Um. I like efficiency. I, I <laughs> you couldn't
1: tell. You know, I just, you know, you remind me of a lot of myself because I'm very <laughs> little attest to that because I'm just like, let's go. Hurry up. do, got to get done mm-hmm. because life is short and life is fleeting and, time shouldn't be wasted because it is a commodity and God gives us a gift every day and it's like we want to like take advantage of you know what we have every day
0: yeah it's funny that you say that because I feel like I'm getting to the age where I wish I didn't think that way when I was like 15 I wish I could have just been a kid
1: sometimes
0: you know like I was so worried about the agenda and like the big picture I've been planning my my life 20 years in advance ever since I can remember that's amazing and the cool part About it is that manifestation is a very real thing. It is like thoughts become things. That's it. If you if you believe it and if you dream it and if you put the work into it more than you know anybody else would, it'll happen
1: without a doubt.
0: And it's happened every single time for.
1: I'm glad you say that because I think a lot of people think that they can wish it and that it's going to like mysteriously fall out of the sky and land in their laps. And like, no, that's not how
0: it works. And maybe if it does, the test begins then because. If it falls into your lap, which sometimes it, it can, okay, yeah, it, it's up to you um, to decide whether to have longevity in that or or to see it kind of like. You know, I, I took this class at Berklee College of Music. Uh, I was going to ask you about yeah. that. You got two scholarships. Yeah, I well, two. right, right, for the it summer is. program, and um, which is not as big of a deal as the summer program, not the full-time thing. But still that's you. Sometimes people get that mistaken <laughs> online. I'm like, no, I did not get two university scholarships. But anyway, um, Livingston Taylor, James Taylor's brother, oh, taught one of the seminars, and he said something that I'll always remember. He said, it's upsetting to be ready and not get called, but it's a tragedy to get called and not be ready. Great
1: point. So, yeah, I totally get that. You know what I mean?
0: Absolutely. So with the manifestation thing, when something falls in your lap, you got to be ready for that That's shit. Right. You know what I mean? Like you, you do it. Exactly. Yeah. Like, so to be like, oh, I wish I were doing this and that, are you actually ready for it? You know That's... What I mean?
1: I'm glad you said that. Hopefully, those watching and listening, I mean, that's a really major point, because if you're not ready, I mean, I got an invitation once when I would just started playing, um, Joe Joe Walsh from the Eagles. Oh, cool. He asked me to be on his album, and I, I had to say no, because I felt like, well, I just started playing live, and I just felt so insecure with my playing that I said, I can't play that. Like, if you would ask me to clap on it, I would have said, sure, <laughs> but... When you said not ready, because it was just so new to me, but I probably could have did a great job. Yeah, but, but it was it was my fear, you know, that in- insecurity.
0: Yeah, it's it's a it's a fine balance between like being prepared and like faking it till you make it, you know, right. like because sometimes if something does come and you're like, oh, you know, like they think I'm a lot more qualified than I am, sometimes you can kind of bullshit it into actually getting really good at that thing. You know, like, um, Scooter Braun, uh, he's a really well-known manager in the industry. And uh, he he manages, like, he discovered Justin Bieber and basically made Justin Bieber. And and now is, like, managing Kanye West and uh, Ariana Grande. Just, like, huge. And I saw him speak at NYU. where I attended for a year nice. and and he was saying how he started out as a party planner when he was in college and it went really well but eventually he kind of fell into the music industry and became a manager before he ever had the qualifications to be wow. and now he's like one of the like most successful if not the most successful manager in the world and he probably said you know sink or swim and he's gonna you know swim yeah swim real fast so he was like oh whoops i don't know what i'm doing but i'm gonna try and i'm gonna put so much hard work into it you know what i mean that's amazing i think it's just um in life what i've found to be critical is to have direction and it. It doesn't matter how many times you change direction, just that you're not floating. So if you know that you're going somewhere like if you don't know where you're going, you're not gonna go anywhere at all. That's a good point. But if you decide where to go, even if it if it takes you unexpected ways and you end up somewhere else, at least you went somewhere.
1: Right. Instead of just like oh now. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So that's the way I see life and my life especially.
1: You know? That's awesome. I mean, you involved with so many different things. I noticed that you have made such a huge effort in helping that was from starving and we actually created a open mic tour fundraiser
0: can you tell us about that sure that was my mom's idea actually so i knew that i wanted to go on awesome. tour and she and she was like how can we spend time together see some of the states because i had never really seen it um perform in front of crowds that i hadn't developed yet and give back and um and so we went uh i think it was like 25 or something open mics up the east coast starting in atlanta where my grandparents are from wow. and um and basically i was raising money through tips uh so every there's this organization called serve international and what they do is um they donate meals that are these um, little dried vegetables, uh, and it, it's 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 basically like um, hyper nutrients. So, uh, and they're encased. So, if you soak them, they expand. And they expand. And you can okay. you can eat them like that, nice. um, and they feed villages. And so, wow. it's one dollar a meal. So, I I raised uh, fifteen thousand dollars for the that's awesome. just through that that um. I give you such bread.
1: kudos for that because I mean I think that's so important the world needs more people like you they really it really
0: does because i feel
1: like if everybody would do something like that we could end all of this madness that's going on around the world and help so many people and it's really i think so many people are just very selfish these days and they just think about what's in it for me what's in it for me instead of thinking how can i help how can i serve you know what can i do to help
0: somebody else yeah well it's i think all human beings are uh in search of what will make them best you know and there's a confusion in the western world very true and the and true. the idea is that by by receiving by taking you will get be, gonna be most happier, fulfilled. right? Where, Which is so wrong. <laughs> yeah, in reality, you find I think as you become wiser <laughs> and older that that giving is what makes you feel more content because you see joy in other people. Exactly, you know? and
1: I always say if you're depressed or you're feeling blue, like go help someone else yeah. because you'll feel like better instantly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so how did you wind up getting the gig with Michael? Instagram,
0: Instagram. Instagram. I love uh, it. See,
1: social media really does
0: work. Instagram is done everything for me. I'm so indebted to whoever invented it, because ever since I started putting myself out there, I've gotten some incredible opportunities to open for artists like Michael. He found me on, on the Explore page. I had both posted a, a video of me playing guitar, and he was like, I love your music, I love your message, come help me inspire people, let's go on tour. And wow. So, and then he flew me down to Nashville, and we wrote a song together called Flower and the Gun that speaks to anti-gun violence. Um, and, yeah. That's so it, awesome. it's, it's been... It's been amazing. I've learned so much from him. He's, he's very seasoned. I was going to say, he's very grounded. And he's super grounded and he's very mature and generous. And, and he's committed to, as an artist, to giving back and to inspiring others to be their best and uniting people,
1: you know? Yeah, I see he's got a lot of causes going on. And yeah. I saw he started a podcast too. Which to yeah, check it it's out. good. i have that had a chance to check it out, yeah. Mm-hmm. Alright, well I know you have a short time here and I don't want to keep you. Are you ready for the 11 stroke roll rapid fire interview?
0: I am so ready,
1: let's <laughs> okay, awesome. let's see. Your favorite food? Mac and cheese. Ooh. Your favorite vacation spot? Uh,
0: Barcelona. Your favorite article of clothing? Socks. Your favorite person to hang out with? My dad. Your favorite album? Continuum, John Mayer. Actually, I changed that. Where the Light Is, uh, the live record by John Mayer. Uh, learned... Dog or Cat Lover? Both. <laughs> Name one item that you can't live without. One item that I can't live without? Mm-hmm. Oh, jeez. Um,
1: a pillow. Well. Cool. If you could be reincarnated as anyone, famous or not, who would it be in one?
0: Uh, if I were to be reincarnated, mm-hmm. it would be someone who doesn't exist yet. And- I would love to be someone who's like a combination of the best people in the Ooh, world. I like that. Like uh, Gandhi and Mother Teresa and Michael Franti and Obama, like, <laughs> and yeah. Oprah. Like, I want to be all of those people. Maybe I can do it while I'm alive. There Who knows? you go. I mean, it's a big <laughs> ask of myself, but I but to have influence on on um, on people that way would be amazing. I love that
1: answer. Your favorite key to play in?
0: Favorite key? Uh, C sharp nice.
1: Favorite time of the year? Spring.
0: Or fall. Fall. I like sweater weather.
1: I do too. I miss that here. I get nah. that much.
0: Your biggest pet peeve? Pet peeve? Oh. It's my own doing, but whenever I need something, I can't find it. <laughs> I hate that feeling. It's like every time I need a pen, I can't find it. And then when I don't need a pen, I see the pen. You know, like that kind of thing. <laughs> cool.
1: So tell me, that was awesome. Thank you for playing. Was that
0: eleven? That was eleven. Can I change my food answer? (laughs) Sure. Okay, favorite food. I'm not really eating mac and cheese anymore because I'm trying to avoid like meat and dairy. Um, let me think about it. Mac, favorite food. Favorite food. There are so many foods I I love. I know. Um, I'll just say cuisine. Spanish.
1: Spanish cuisine. I love it. Yeah. So, do you speak other languages besides English and Spanish?
0: Uh, actually, just fluently those two. And then I, I dabble in others because I've lived so many places. Right, and it's sort of mostly like, like basic conversational. Yeah. It's, also like it's just it's like everybody else wants to speak English. You know, when you travel, true. everybody wants to travel or uh, practice their English. That's true. So I haven't had the chance. But um French and, and just uh, Um fifty um, oh, five. <laughs> um, but not not much, yeah. I love it. Very terrible accents in all of them.
1: <laughs> One last question for you: Like, what is your process when you write?
0: My process when I write: um, When I write, normally I have either a concept in mind, like what I want to write about, or I have a cool melody. Usually, it starts with a melody, and then I'll just record it into my phone, and then start a, a session on Logic, and uh, and go in and kind of like experiment with the melody, see what chords fit over it, and and write a chorus or a verse or whatever comes, you know. Oh, it's that's awesome. every
1: time as well. I love it. So thank you. How can our listeners and audience um, stay in touch with you on your uh,
0: yeah, social so, media? Yeah, so as I said, Instagram. I'm very accessible, Victoria Canal. Um, I I am in constant dialogue with people who follow me and the people I follow. It's awesome. it's a very interactive, connected community. So I'm it always is. open to conversation.
1: I love it. And I will definitely put all of those links in the show notes as well as some of your videos. That I mean, I love that song, um, No Fear. Not Afraid. Not Afraid, sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're good. And uh, I thought that was really amazing. Thank you. So I, have to get on your tour. I really appreciate it. I wish you a lot of luck on the rest of the tour. Thanks for your time. And I uh, hope to see you again when you come back to yeah, town. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And to our friends listening today, if you like this episode, please share the love and be sure to go to www.littledrummergirl.com, that's L-A-L-Drummergirl.com to see Victoria's live performance from this evening show. And while you're there, be sure to grab a copy of the free 2019 St. Pete Street Art Calendar. It's only free for a short time, so grab a copy before it's too late. And remember, it's never too late to begin the life of your dreams and leave a trail blazing behind you. So rock on and rock out, and I'll catch you on the flip side.